Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, June 11th, we look at Lesson 11, Joseph, Master of Dreams. Together, let's explore how dreams can be an indication of our relationship with God. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 11, Joseph, Master of Dreams, memory text coming from Genesis chapter 37, verse 19, and it simply says, they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Uh, you could, you could. Uh, I don't know about you, Michael, but I get the visual imagery of them saying that as Joseph is coming over the hill, they've already conspired. And they said, here comes the dreamer, the one that we resent as a result of having those dreams of him ruling over us. Let's, let's show him now, right? Mercy. Yeah. So Michael, that leads us straight into family troubles. <laughs> How do we get to this, po- to this moment? Yeah, so we've got um, some dysfunctional family dynamics going on on here, don't we? (laughs) Yes, we do. And, uh, you know, part of it has to do with the fact that you have favorites in the family. I know the lesson's talking about that a little bit. And um, Joseph has a special relationship with his father and receives this coat of many colors right i was talking with a family member this last week you know do people have favorites and we had someone that was protesting oh no there's we we don't have any favorites in the family and and then the thought came well that's because maybe you are the favorite (laughs) (laughs) you can't see it's probably because you are and and so Um, there's sort of, and that's always the challenge of human nature is that kind of blindness to our own circumstances, right? So I think, I think we just, it's, it's easy to, to do. Um, and, and this is what's happened here, uh, with, with Joseph and he has all these, uh, privileges and it's nice. It's nice to have those things, right? I mean, but, but then he's not self-aware enough to realize (laughs) how that those kinds of things would create tension and animosity with his siblings. And of course, the worst part of it is he comes and, you know, I had a dream. Yeah. I was just going to (laughs) say, sometimes we have to keep our dreams to ourselves, right? Or, or share, find safe places where we can share those dreams. Not everything is, is, is good for, for sharing. (laughs) Yeah. So here, here we go. And um, so, so here we go. And, and, uh, and of course there's, there's these tensions now and that, that just kind of blows up into this attack on Joseph. So, so Buster, tell us what happens next. Well, Well, Genesis 37 verses 12 through 36 uh, they they share their their line, which is look, uh, this dreamer is coming. But but not only that, in verse nineteen, we also see here that they also share the fact that they plotted to actually kill him. And then Reuben steps in and says, "No, let's not kill him. Let's uh, go ahead and just pretend like we did. Let's uh, let's go ahead and put him into this pit." And they do, and they actually end up selling him uh, into slavery, right? And What's crazy about this, Michael, is it asks this question. It says, what does this teach us about how dangerous 
and evil unregenerate hearts can be and uh, what they can le- uh, what they can lead uh, lead any one of us to do. And I, I, I find it interesting that the author used unregenerate hearts and yeah. uh, for the for our listeners, unregenerate. Uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit Spirit does is it brings regeneration, right? It yeah. it's soft in our hearts. It, it causes us on our characters become more like that of God. But as soon as we, I don't know, you say block the Holy Spirit, not listen to that still small voice, whatever you want to call it, uh, God leading us and we start leading, it leads us down towards the road to perdition, leads us down yeah. towards the way of the enemy, uh, yeah. which is deception, which is disgrace, which is murder, which is hate. Um, and so we have to be very careful with this because we can look at this and say, I would never sell my brother off into slavery. I would never plot to kill my brother or my sister. But at the same time, uh, us not taking responsibility and us getting jealous, right? Jealousy. Uh, I love Ecclesiastes 4 verses 4. Uh, Solomon in his wisdom shares that everything we do is a result of being jealous of one another, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we try to get bigger wow. salaries, try to get bigger houses, bigger cars, better because we're trying to outdo someone. Social media mm-hmm. sometimes can be uh, an infiltration, uh, infiltration of that. It's not everyone, but sometimes we're trying to outdo one another. Um, well, re- that's true. Even even unconsciously, we do that on social media, Buster. I mean, yes. how many times do we actually share the challenges? We only share the rosy pictures of fancy oh. vacations rather than the struggles of everyday life. No, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to, uh, I'm not trying to out anyone. So don't, don't get mad at me. And it's, don't worry. It's not Michael and Heidi. It's so not, <laughs> but I, I, I'm dealing with, uh, I was dealing with a couple that was, I mean, having some really horrible, bad uh, marital issues. Mm. And then uh, Lauren came in there with me and helped me out and, and just like work with this couple, like some really serious stuff going on. And the next day after this horrible meeting, they're not talking to each other. They're, you know, like on social media, it's like, oh, like anyway. So it's just a different picture that they're portraying of what's actually happening. Right. And, and I'm like, there's so so much damage that happens there because authenticity and reality is what is needed, especially in the church. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we can fool ourselves and in fooling others, sometimes we fool ourselves. And so that's what happens here in this attack on Joseph. Uh, there's not a authenticity. There's no actual relationship. Uh, and Joseph on awareness, right? Because he's not completely uh, uh, innocent in, in all this. Uh, sharing with your brothers, hey, I'm going to rule over you one day. Yeah, that causes animosity. <laughs> mm-hmm. But sharing, hey, brothers, I care about you. I love you, right? And yeah. sometimes keeping those dreams to yourself. And so, but we see what happens when our hearts are turned away from God. But we also mm-hmm. see later here in the story what happens when our hearts are turned to God. So now, Michael, time for a little disruption of the story of Joseph. Tell <laughs> us about Genesis chapter 38. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is this just this really, honestly, Buster, this is a really difficult passage, I oh, think. Oh, yes, it is. You know, and so, um, I mean, you've got a couple of, of weird dynamics going on because God's people are admonished not to to marry outside, to marry unbelievers, right? So um, first thing you have is Joan, or, or Judah has this Canaanite wife through which he has these three sons. And in the culture of that time, you have this obligation to carry on an heir. That's their insurance policy. That's what's going to make sure that they can survive and are taken care of. There's this 
uh, fiduciary responsibility that uh, Tamar has to the family to, right. to have an heir. And, and, and the problem was, is Judah's not making good on that. And so Tamar, um, you know, goes ahead and kind of tricks him into, uh, in, in, as a prostitute. And, you know, it kind of bothers me that, you know, there's, there's not anything <laughs> about Judah going off and doing this. Yeah, um, so it's a different time and different culture, I guess, uh, yes. you know, um, and, uh, but there's still this, this obligation that's there that's unfulfilled. And so Tamar uh, tricks him, uh, gets him to make a promise uh, and, and so on. And the conclusion is, is that she ultimately gets uh, pregnant with Perez, who um, becomes the successor through which uh, the Messiah will eventually come. So it, it does show, I think, the, the, the depths of, I guess, sin, how much that deep down inside our hearts, you know, because there's different aspects, not just the, the sexual aspect of this whole story but there's also the aspect of um human decency basic right? decency yeah and responsibility yeah. in their culture you should you should do this why did you not do this this yeah. is a, a you know this is the welfare of this woman who you've neglected and not taken care of yeah and hey, yeah i was gonna say michael um yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's no mention of judah's I don't know, wrong, wrongdoing and, and uh, prostitution, and everything else. Yeah. That, that's why I love the story of the Bible as we see yeah. the progression of women, right? And how yeah. they're treated uh, mm -hmm. pretty bad there, right? But as mm -hmm. we move forward, we see that, uh, you know, we go all, all the way to Titus where it's like, it's like, no, the husband of one man, one wife, right? Like uh, yeah. they, they realize the folly of the, I guess you say the polygamy system or, the yeah. yeah, and they realized the the union and the blessedness of one man and one woman coming together, and uh, and hopefully mm -hmm. by the grace of God we continue to see uh, yeah. the Edenic principles coming back to the church of male yeah. and female being created equal and yeah. being both being created in the image of God and not yeah. one ruling over the other, right? Yeah. Uh, so precursor, uh, and that's yeah. what the church is trying to move towards. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think it's important to also emphasize, you know, Tamar, sometimes it, it's, it emphasizes the fact that she was a prostitute or what she was doing, but for whatever that was, and she has to operate within her culture and with, within whatever yes, she does, she has to operate within, um, at that time and place, how much more, 10 times more Judah had a failed responsibility and a greater accountability to have, um, and so I think the, the, for me, as I, I look at the story, Judah's the one who really comes off as, as someone. Yeah. But God works through even the, the depths of, of, there go. of all of that. Yeah. Well, um, Joseph is next, you know, we're, we're, yes, we're like a cameo Joseph. of highlights here, Buster. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Genesis 39 now it says in light of the, of the example of Joseph's working as a manager on a Potiphar, on a Potiphar, what are some uh, factors that led to such success? And we see here in verse, uh, verse nine, it says that Joseph uh, shares, he says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And then we all the way to verse 21 and verse 23, it just says the Lord was with Joseph and everything they did, 
God blessed his hand. God multiplied him. God. Yeah, he was just with them. And I, I you know, I don't want to drag on to this because probably all seen uh, Joseph, uh, the, the movie, and we've read the, the historical account. We've read the Bible stories and everything else. Or the Oshkosh Campery. Yes, there we go. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that God was with Joseph, but I think it's even more impressive that Joseph was with the Lord. Mm. God is with us, but are we with God? Are we choosing him or are we choosing the easy way out? Are we choosing Potiphar's wife? Are we choosing to, I don't don't know, whatever it might be. Are we choosing to be uh, choosing the ways of prison, right? And saying, well, Mm -hmm. everyone else is lying, cheating, stealing in here. So can I. Uh, And so Joseph in his heart purposed that I'm going to follow God no matter what. And I, I think that's a lesson to all of us that we can we can make the same decision choosing to follow God. So, Michael, tell us about the dreams of Pharaoh. Lots of dreams in this lesson this week. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, again, you have uh, the the butler and the baker have dreams and they're troubled because no one can interpret them. Pharaoh has dreams. No one seems to be able to interpret them. And of course, there's parallels in the dreams, which, you know, the lesson points out. And I think these are pretty familiar stories, but what I think is amazing, once again, is even though all of this is happening, there's all these setbacks and everything else, is that God at times providentially will intervene. And here he is yes, communicating he with people. He works through his servant, who is Joseph, to be able to create these providential moments, not only for the dreams, but for the interpretation. So this is the divine hand at work in people's lives and God reveals himself and yeah, he, he does. does so in a way that changes lives. Mm, I love that, Michael. Uh, <clears throat> God changes lives. And I, I love the fact that sometimes he uses us to be instruments in yeah. as catalysts in helping lives change. Right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we like to think, you know, these are Bible characters from long ago and, and almost as if they must be like superhuman, you know, Joseph is this <laughs> kind of ubermensch, right? That, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not. I, and, and, and I don't want to lessen in any way his amazing contributions, which they are truly amazing. But God wants to work through us just like Ooh. he did with Joseph. I, I just got a thought when you said that Joseph, uh, you know, he wasn't the ubermensch, like you said, but he made he made amazing decisions that led to God using him in amazing ways. And the, and the most amazing decision was to follow God. And I think God, I, well, no, I, I know God will do the same for us as we make the amazing decision to follow him fully. Right. Uh, and we see this and we still see men fail and mess up. Uh, yeah. Joseph, I mean, where, where do we see him mess up? Maybe telling about his dreams and, and bragging a little bit about it, be a little yeah. braggadocious. But other than that, we see, although he made amazing decisions, he also got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Hey, you got, you got, and you know, again. Yeah, exactly. It got thrown to prison, wasn't let out of prison, you know, and then all of a sudden we, we just see it over and over. And yet he didn't allow his circumstances to deter his, his connection with God, his faithfulness. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I think uh, David, uh, Paul, David Tripp shares the greatest gift we can give back to God is our faithfulness. Mm. Yeah. I love, so I, I love it. Yeah. God calls us to be faithful. Amen. Amen. So we, we sing that uh, hymn. I think it's 100 in the hymn book, greatest I faithfulness. But uh, I think God would love for, for him to, for him to say that to us as well. 
Great is mm-hmm. Michael's faithfulness. Great is Buster's faithfulness towards me. Man. So it's not, it's not just about his, it's about us as well. An invitation to faithfulness. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, I, I can't think of any other uh, note to end other than, uh, you know, God's inviting us uh, to participate and to, to be faithful, as was Joseph in whatever experiences we may have. So um, with that, we'll put a wrap for another week. So this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.